Good morning. I hope this actually works. I won't be able to tell until I'm done recording. So we'll see how this goes. Uh, the battery on the, the mic that I use when I do these by myself might not be as full as I would like it to be because I left the mic on. And I don't know how long it's been left on for. Multiple days, that's for sure. Um, but whatever, I'm just gonna have to go along with it and see what happens. Today is September 18th. It is a Tuesday and it's a touch past nine in the morning. Pretty nice day out right now. Not too muggy. It's been fairly swampy the last few days. And kind of related to what I want to talk about, which is how much do I like or dislike living here in Michigan? I can't speak of the state as a whole because I've not really seen that much of it. But I'm speaking more specifically of Royal Oak and even more specifically the exact address where I'm at. I want to talk about how much your present situation in a place can determine how you feel about things beyond that place. For example, if you have a really crappy job, how are you going to feel about the city that you're in? Probably not amazing. Or on the flip side, if you have a really great job that you truly love everything about, are you going to be a little bit more willing to kind of give a pass to some of the uh, the faults that a city might have? Say there's a, I don't know, a car theft problem in the city where you live. But where you work that's no longer an issue for you. For you. Maybe, you, maybe you live in a, a gated community or some sort of apartment complex where you can park behind some sort of a, a locked locked fence. You're in a, a parking garage or a parking, parking basement or something that's completely secured. It's got 24-7 uh, monitoring system. Maybe they even have a, a nice guard or a, a, the guards. His niceness isn't what I want to... What I'm, not, I'm fumbling around here. Sorry. What I'm saying is... You work you, you work in a secure place where you can go. You drive up to the gate. Maybe it's a, a, a government job or a, a high-paying... I don't know, Facebook or Google type thing. So you pull up to the gate. You show your ID. They open the gate. Or it just reads it through some electronic... RFID means, oh, it's Mr. So-and-so, your name pops up, your face pops up on this little screen, it shows that it's you, you, the gate opens, you go in, 
closes behind you. Okay, your car's not gonna get stolen. So you're completely secured in there. You work in your building, doing whatever it is that you do. Business proposals and calling people and making deals, whatever. And then you leave, you go out the gate, you drive through the city, down the highway, whatever. You get home, same thing, except you're, you're home now. Open up the gate, go into the secured parking area, and there's some security cameras, there's a, a security guard. You're, you're totally secure. Secure, secure, secure. The only time that you might not be as secure is when you go out into the city to go see a movie or go grocery shopping or go to a restaurant or go visit some friends or whatever. Go to the park, walk your dog, go to the, the beach, something like that. So the city, their car theft problem, maybe it only applies to the people that live in certain neighborhoods. So you're, as far as you're concerned, it doesn't exist. You're thinking, what do you mean? I mean, yeah, I hear about the car problem, but everything's great for me, <laughs> whatever. When I lived in Seattle, I worked in the Ballard area. If you were to, if you wanted to see where that was, you could go to Google Maps and type in Seattle. And then once you zoomed in on Seattle, um, how could you, you just, I guess you could do Ballard and you'd find it and it was right over there. And Ballard was starting to get a, a reputation for being um, kind of a, a homeless hangout area. There were a lot of tent camps and for uh, a while there was a little RV parking area that the city had put up. They put in porta potties so that the homeless folks could, you know, just have this area to, to park, which I guess is a better option than what they had been doing and then eventually went back to doing. And I guess the parking lot thing got scrapped. I don't really know what the story was there. But what the homeless folks had been doing was parking their RVs all over the air of the, the city, just kind of wherever they wanted along the street, specifically Ballard. They'd be lined up. They were actually kind of high class. I, that's the only city that I've ever seen where a, lar, uh, a lot, a large percentage of the homeless people have, they're not living in tents and, and, and little cardboard boxes and whatever small crappy shelters. There were plenty of those, no doubt. There, there was a lot of that as well. Um, there's a whole area that they called the jungle under, uh, uh, was it I-5, I think? Yeah, this large inter uh, overpass. There's this whole kind of underground city down there. And apparently all kinds of terrible things happen. Drugs and stabbings and people getting shot and robbed and raped and, and abused. It's just, just bad, bad, bad. Just, just bad. Um, so if you're, let's go to the, the other side of, of, of the equation. Now you're, you're one of the homeless people. Are you going to think Seattle's great? I, I, I don't know. I suppose it depends on where you were, or what your situation was before. I, I have a hard time thinking that anybody in that kind of situation goes, oh man, it's all hunky-dory. I love this. <laughs> it's just 
roses and sunshine and puppies and rainbows. It's just, I, this is amazing. I love it. It's great. I don't, I don't know what your opinion of the city is at that point. I was homeless for six-ish months, and I lived in a, a cellar. It wasn't even a, a, a basement. I mean, I guess it, I'm not sure what the difference between a cellar and a basement. I think a basement connects to the home, so you can go, say, from your kitchen down to the basement. But a cellar, you can't. You have to go outside and then open the cellar door and then go into the cellar. Cellar is more of a... It's like an, an attached shed that happens to be attached under your house, if that makes sense. Or in a, you know, it's, it's not something that you can ex access from within the home. You have to go outside, and, and it, it's, a, it's a satellite entry, I guess. It's not, that's not quite right. It's a, it's a connected entry. I think cellars are typically used for storage of you know, tools and stuff, storage, your, your bike or um, old paint and cans and Christmas ornaments and last year's fake tree and, and, and Christmas lights and Halloween decor, dec you know, you get, the, you get my point here. Probably not things that you're using like a, a, a lawnmower because it'd be a real pain in the butt to get, get out of there, get up and down the stairs. So anyways, I, I lived in this, this cellar. <clears throat> There were cockroaches down there. There were old paint cans. It was it was unpleasant. I'll tell you that much. It was it was very unpleasant. I slept in my sleeping bag some nights. It was really warm. Being, I don't know, four feet below ground, made things not as bad as it could have been. That's for sure. Could have been really warm. Um. I, there were a number of nights where I slept on top of my sleeping bag as opposed to inside of it because it was just too dang warm otherwise. I got some scraps of carpet from a dumpster behind a, a carpet store that was near there. And I made kind of a little, I don't know, crummy mattress to put the the pads on, or to, to put my mattress, uh, gee whiz, I made a pad slash mattress out of some layers of carpet, and then put my sleeping bag on top of that, so it wasn't just straight onto the, the concrete floor, but there were cockroaches, and I would take these nails, these old rusty nails that were in there, in the basement, just kind of on the floor, on this crummy shelving unit that had some old paint cans on it, and I would skewer the cockroaches. And then there was a cardboard box down there holding some I don't know, jars or something. I don't even remember. In this home, it was for sale, so nobody lived there. And I would uh, take the nail and put the nail into the, the corrugated cardboard. If you look at the edge of a cardboard, you can see that little wavy pattern that's in there. It's sandwiched between the two sides of the cardboard. So I'd put the nail into that wavy pattern. And then in the and the cockroach would be a, an inch or so above that just skewered on this nail and it always impressed me how long the little bastards would stay alive i mean they would still be wriggling around 24 hours later i think one of them a real big bastard was alive even 48 hours later i was i was 
incredible. I mean, I, I found it at night, skewered them, put them in the cardboard, go to sleep the next night, still moving around, wake up, still moving around, go to work, come back, still moving around, go to bed, still moving around. I don't think he was still moving when I woke up again. It's just pretty impressive. I don't know how alive they are at that point. It might just be nerves and just kind of synapses firing. I, I'm not really sure how that works. Anyways, did that experience, my homeless time, taint my perception of where I was living, which that was in a small California town by the name of Yukaipa, situated between Redlands and Indio, about 100 miles inland from the coast. Go LA and then draw a line east. It's roughly there. Draw a line 100 miles east. Yeah, definitely. I, I don't, I don't want to go back to Yukaipa. I'm, I'm fine visiting, but I don't want to live there. But I didn't really want to live there, period. Me being homeless made it less appealing, but didn't really change my opinion. Right now in Royal Oak, what is my opinion of Royal Oak? Well, it's hard to answer that without knowing in the back of my head where I live, where, what my address is, what my apartment is. And my wife and I have been finding over the course of the past couple of months since we've moved in, so we've been there since early July. So July, all of July, all of it except the first couple of days, all of August, now most all of September. And in that time, we've discovered that the, um, the place that we live is not greatest. And I'm not sure how much my perception of Royal Oak, Michigan, this part of the country is tainted by my living accommodations. I'd like to be able to say that, oh no, I'm able to separate the two. I can go, okay, I, there are issues with my living accommodations. Things like the, the drip sound that happens every night when we're going to bed. We're in a basement unit and there are three apartments above us. There's the, the ground floor, which is above us, then the one above that, and then the top floor. And so their drains, when they use their shower or they use their, their kitchen sink, it goes down the pipe and the top one goes to the next one, to the next one, and then through us, and then so on and so forth. So they all, they all come down to our unit. They all drain eventually to that one. Which, that, that's fine. It's not an issue in and of itself, or it shouldn't be. Well, that in and of itself is not an issue. What the issue is is that somewhere along the line from the top one to ours, there's a, a problem. And given how many variables there are, if it was just one floor, you go, okay, well, it's somewhere in this one floor. That's 10 feet of space to check out. Well, that's not the case. It's, it's 50 feet of space. It's the top floor to us. So somewhere in there, there's a leak. And we can hear this leak when water is used. So when the water intensity is, is used and we can hear a drain go, I don't know if some, you know, somebody's emptying their bath 
or they they're washing dishes and they 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 pull the plug and you, you, you we can hear a, a large quantity of water move through the pipes which i don't that seems like a problem kind of there as well I mean, wouldn't you want to i mean if, it, if i was a contractor i would be trying to minimize the amount of sound traveling through the walls I and mean, all this water it's kind of obnoxious but whatever that that's not that isn't an issue that's kind of annoying but whatever what follows after the large amounts of water travel through and it's not always it's it's certain so it's got to be a certain drain that has just a small little crack in the pipe something because we'll hear a drip the drip will happen more with with a higher frequency when more water travels through which is why i feel like there's a problem it's just kind of putting two and two together well the drip is is annoying sure but it, it, that's not what bothers me what bothers me is what the drip could lead to water in a humid environment is not a good thing you get water that doesn't dry out water in tucson arizona eh, yeah that could be a problem but it's not as big of a problem because it's going to dry up it's going to dry real quick i mean you take a, a washcloth after a shower in tucson arizona you hang it up if your home is is open and it's, let's say it's just it's not so hot that you need um AC on let's say it's 70 degrees out or something but it's so dry that washcloth will be dried up within a, a couple hours probably we used to hang laundry out in in Arizona to save money on electricity and the, the clothes would be dry in a, a few hours you just hang it out there and, and they're just dried up there's there's no humidity out there whereas here Michigan you hang a, a washcloth over the, your your the t your shower curtain rod or the, the tub, it's still wet 24, 36 hours, sometimes two days later, still kind of damp. Doesn't really get that dry because there's so much moisture in the air. Now that could be mitigated by things that get rid of moisture. Um, dehumidifiers, uh, air conditioning units have a dehumidifier quality to them. It's kind of what they do. That's why you we'll see water dripping out from under cars the condensation collects and then, then drips it's deposited so what I'm worried about with this drip in the wall or the, the ceiling or wherever the heck it is I haven't been able to figure out exactly where it is I mean I know roughly where it's at but I can't tell if it's you know this part here or two inches over here or if it's three inches back over here it's somewhere in this vicinity generally speaking I could draw a you know, two foot circle in chalk and go, okay, it's somewhere in there. I'm pretty sure, unless the echo is making a real weird bouncing around path, following a real odd path. But what happens with water in the walls where it's dark and dank and damp is you get mold. And mold can lead to real serious problems health wise. You get fungus and mold in your lungs and that's a that's a bad day that's not good and so every night I'm going to bed I hear this dripping in the wall that's in the back of my head as 
as conscious of the reality that I can't do anything right then to fix this as I am, it doesn't completely diminish the concern that I have for this developing situation. There's a drip in the wall or the ceiling somewhere near where I sleep and my wife sleeps that I can hear and that can't be good for our long-term health. I would definitely not want a child of mine sleeping in there. I'd go, no, we're gonna do, figure something else out. I've thought a couple of times that maybe we should move our sleeping arrangement to where the living room is. And, and I don't know, maybe, maybe that would be the best option. It would be kind of awkward and sort of annoying and it would be kind of in the way of some stuff, but those are small prices to pay for avoiding lung cancer. If, I, I don't know what kind of issues you can get from, from mold. And I don't know how pressing of an issue this is. I told the property manager guy about a month ago and he came and looked and tried to replicate it, but it didn't happen. I don't know why. He went up to the next apartment up and turned on some water. Maybe it wasn't that sink that does it. I I'm not sure. I can't tell. I'm not sure which sinks people are using. I just know when I hear water coming down the drain, but I'm not sure what one. I don't know if it's the apartment directly above us or the one above that, or, or I don't know how far this water is traveling where it's dripping. I mean, it could just be traveling down the edge of a pipe for 50 feet or something all the way from the very top all the way down just this little bit just a little bead just and then finally when it gets to be enough it it collects on the the you know the, the elbow of something and then boop drips down i don't know i don't know what's going on so what if what if Vera and I were to move? Let's say, let's say, let's just magically fix the problems in our apartment. Let's just make it an amazing apartment. Let's say it's the apartment of our dreams. We love it. There's zero problems. It was built in the last, say, year by the best builders in the state. Let's forget that. The best builders in the world. I mean, this is the best, most, exquisitely built apartment that you could possibly imagine. All right, sweet. That's a, that sounds like a really nice apartment. It's got air conditioning, which we don't have, which we, we could get um, if we wanted to go out and, and buy an AC unit, but it's never been that bad. It's not been that hot to really feel like I, we need one. Um, so let's say it's got AC, let's say the rent is, is relatively cheap, it's not very expensive, all the utilities are paid for in the rent. Let's say it's, uh, let's say it's the same amount of rent that we're paying right now, 800 bucks, and it's, everything is included right there. And it's, and it's a, an apartment that, again, it's just perfect. It's just no flaws, everything's just amazing. Okay, that sounds really nice, but does that solve everything? that I feel about Michigan, about Royal Oak, about, about this part of the country. No, no, it doesn't. Do I still want to move? I don't, I don't even know if I want to move. I, I still am sort of uh, shoulder shrug, shoulder shrug. I don't know what other kind of shrug there is, but shrug 
about this area. What am I so shrug about this area about? Well, I don't know if you listened to the the podcast with Dimitri Dixon and I, the two and a half hour conversation. But I, I pointed out something in that conversation that strikes me as amusing and ironic and altogether kind of sad. And that is the, the amount of pride that people have for this section of the state, like the Detroit pride. I'll see things, signs, proudly made in Detroit. And you see the, the stylized Gothic D, I guess just by nature of it being Gothic, it is stylized, but the stylized Detroit D, you see it everywhere. I mean, you probably couldn't go on a, a half a mile walk in any direction and not see that if you were looking for it. it. You see it on the bumpers of cars, you see it in business windows, you see it on painted on buildings, you see it on people's shirts or other hats, you see it on dog collars. I mean, it's just everywhere. Anything that you can imagine, any, any piece of merchandise that you can think of, it's, it's on. It's on lighters, it's on uh, cups, it's on mugs, it's on bumper stickers. It, you, you get my point. It's every freaking where. I've never seen so much pride and so much, uh, I don't even, I don't, love, care, care maybe, um, enthusiasm, fandom for a place as I have for the Detroit area. I mean, people seem to really like that they are from Detroit if they are. You know, they, they own that. I'm from the D. I'm from Detroit. Detroit born and raised. You don't know what it's like. I'm hard, yo. Okay. I, right? Cool. All right, fine. I mean, even at the height of Seahawks winning the Super Bowl and people just being, Woo, Seattle, yeah! You didn't see anything like this. Yeah, more people were wearing Seahawks hats and stuff, sure. But I feel like if you were to poll the whole Metro Detroit area and ask, do you own at least one thing, at least one item with the Detroit D on it that you intentionally bought? It wasn't like, I didn't mean to buy this. I didn't know that this package of cookies just had this on it. I, it was part of some marketing campaign. No, no, no. You were like, oh, I want to get this. I'm going to get this this sticker. I'm going to get this mug. I'm going to get this this beer cozy. I'm going to get this whatever. This hairband, this visor. Oh, yeah, Detroit. All right. I would bet that at least 50% of the people from this area own some sort of Detroit D merchandise. At least 50%. I would even say it's probably as high as 60 to... Honestly, if someone said, what's the absolute top that you really think it could be? I'd, I'd, I'd go as high as 75, 80% of people that have intentionally bought something with the Detroit D or Detroit Pride or something of that nature on it. That's nuts. That's nuts to me. That you have that much enthusiasm for a place that's a shithole. I mean, Royal Oak is pretty nice. I'm not going to deny that. It is pretty nice. But it's not nice like Queen Anne in Seattle is nice. It's nowhere near 
as nice as Medina over in Bellevue is nice or Kenmore or so many places. It's nice like the nicer parts of Ballard. And as I already explained earlier, Ballard was one of the dumpier parts of Seattle. Now I'm not trying to shit on the Metro Detroit area. I'm just saying, if you have that much pride in the place that you call home, why aren't you trying a little bit harder to not make your place such a fucking dump? I've never seen a place that I can think of off the top of my head with so much litter, so many people that smoke. There's a pervasive nihilism to this place that's just, oh, it doesn't matter, I don't care. Well, I don't understand, which is it? Do you really like the D and I'm from Detroit and we're hard and yeah, I'm about this place. Is it that or is it fuck everything about my life? Fuck this place. I can't stand it. Because you're saying one thing, but you're doing another. You're telling me. And, and what's even more confusing is that you're doing both of those things through actions. So it's not like you're saying in words, oh, I love this place, but then you don't own anything with the Detroit logo and whatever. You, you, you're doing that. So you're buying the stuff to support the area and, and, you're, and, and you're wearing the things. But then at the same time, you're throwing garbage out on the street. Now, I haven't seen anyone that I can think of other than maybe some people throwing cigarette butts. And not, not that that's to give them a pass, but it's not like I see people commonly throwing garbage out their window or just dropping cigarette wrappers but I do see I feel like it's 40% of the people maybe even as high as 50% of the people that live out here smoking I mean so much smoking so that's a lack of a care for a lack of care for yourself I mean at this point in time there's nobody in the United States that's over the age of 20 that thinks that smoking is actually good for them. Oh, no, no, no. This, this is good for my, my lungs. That truly believes that. If they, if they do truly believe that, there's something wrong with them mentally. They're, they're, they're mistaken or they've been horribly misinformed or, or they're just willfully ignorant. I mean, it, there's, there's no question around that. It's, it's just bad for you, just period. You go on a hike and you're a smoker, oh, you're going to be out of breath sooner. I mean, it, there aren't many professional athletes that I know of that are, that are smoking regularly. I, I would want, I, I'd be very interested to find out how many um, UFC fighters are smoking. And I don't mean marijuana, I mean cigarettes. One will give you lung cancer. The other one, as far as I know, doesn't. The tobacco being the one that gives you the lung cancer, the marijuana being the one that doesn't, at least as far as I know. I'm not advocating either one here. I'm just saying the one that I know that causes you for serious health problems, oddly enough, is the one that's widely available and widely smoked. But all the garbage on the ground that I see around, what, what, is, what is going on? I don't, I don't get it. How do you have so much pride for a place that you are taking a, a, a dump in. It's kind of like, I don't know, it's, it's like you wear a hat that says, I love my bathroom, but then you intentionally poop on the floor. Like, what is, what is going on? I don't get it. I don't get it. 
I love my house. Uh, I'm just gonna throw the dirty dishes in a corner and just let them pile up and, and never wash them. Somebody else will get it. Who cares? I love my, my apartment building. Hey, fluffy spot. Come on, pups, you just poop wherever you want. I love it. No, well, you can say that and you can wear a hat that says, I love my bathroom, but when you're pooping in the sink and you're pissing on the wall, I don't really know what to believe, but I have to believe the one where you don't care. So why is that happening? The question that I have is, is why are the people, because if, if the percentage is even, let's say it's even as low as 30%, let's say I was super, super wrong with my estimate, my estimation of how many people own Detroit mer merchandise. Let's, let's even go even lower than that. Let's say it's it's 20% of the people that have intentionally gone out and bought something with the Detroit D. Let's go, actually, let's be super conservative and say it's 5%, 5%. I think that's, that's fair, that at least 5% have done that. Okay. Are those the same people that are throwing garbage out of their windows? I don't know. Seems like there'd be some overlap. Because if you take 100% of the people that litter, so you've got all of the littering people. All right, we've got all of you. And then you go, how many of you people that litter have intentionally gone out to buy something that has the Detroit D? Show of hands. I'm gonna guess if you gather, gathered 100 littering people, you'd get a few hands to show up or if you could read their minds and you could know, know for a fact, you, know, you wouldn't have to worry about liars or anything. You could just be able to read their mind. Pretty sure you'd get some overlap. Uh, I've got a feeling. So what is that about? Why, why is that happening? Why do the people that proclaim uh, fandom, enthusiasm, pride for a place well, why would they dump on that same place? I don't know. That's maybe that's part of what they like about it. Maybe that's part of what makes it hard. Maybe it's like maybe it's like somebody that comes from a really rough neighborhood, say like Compton. I've never even been to Compton, but from what I understand from rap songs, it's a pretty hard neighborhood. I have no clue if that's true or not, but I imagine it's kind of true. I don't think it's something like, uh, I don't know, Martha's Vineyard. I, I certainly don't think it's that. So let's say it's a relatively hard place to grow up. Could that change? Well, theoretically, yeah, sure. Sure it could. But maybe the people that live there want it to stay kind of hard. Maybe that's kind of the appeal. It's like, look, if you don't want to live in a hard place, then go live somewhere else. But this is for the people that want to live in the hard place. And then once you leave the hard place, then you can go, yeah, I lived in the hard place. 
I lived, I, I, I'm, I'm streetwise now because I lived in that tough spot. All right, fair enough. That makes sense. If, it, if it's a, if it's a breeding ground in a sense for people to get tough, then yeah, you want it to stay tough. It's kind of like a gym. If a gym has a, a reputation for producing elite combat sports athletes, well then you want it to stay the same. You want it to stay doing, you want it to keep doing whatever it's been doing to produce those elite combat sports agents or athletes. So if, if what you do there is everybody shows up at 10 and we all do 100 push-ups and then we run a mile and then we do drills and then we da 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 and our sessions unlike most places go three hours where your typical gym goes only an hour we do two hours more and we now have three champions one in bellator and two in the ufc uh that have come from this gym and no other gym currently has three reigning champs at the same time it's the first time it's ever happened and you go, okay, well, what are they doing differently? This is the first time it's ever happened. I mean, it's something they're doing something right. Or, or is it just, oh, they just happened to get those three people that they would have been champion anywhere that they went. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's it. But maybe that place is producing those hard people. Does Detroit produce, does the, does the Detroit metro area as it stands, produce a type of person that is needed? Well, that's a decent question to ask. Because if it does, and there's merit for the kind of person that the Detroit area produces, then I can understand wanting to keep it as it is. But at the same time, you could ask the question, what elements of Detroit are producing those people? So, for example, you're getting I don't know. Let's say, uh, let's say, it, it turns out that, oddly enough, the number of of Navy SEALs that have Silver Cross medals are uh, or Silver Star are predominantly from the Midwest, and of those, a number of them are from Detroit. Okay, I'm, I have no idea if there's any truth to this at all. I'm just this is just an example. Okay, Navy SEALs. Wow, that's, that's, that's no small feat. And not only that, but they're, they're doing really well at their job. And a number of them are coming from the Detroit metro area. Okay, why? Why is that happening? I don't know. But it could also be on the flip side. It could also be a complete, the complete opposite. It could be a really negative thing. It could be something like, look at all these criminals. I have no idea if this is true. I don't, I don't have any reason to believe that it is. But people go, oh yeah, we've got some of the, the hardest criminals. And I mean, that's, that's a whole nother hierarchy to look up to. You're like, oh, th those are some hard, badass dudes and they served hard time and they, they went to jail and, and they're on, we've got more people on death row than ever. And they're, and they're all from Detroit. Oh, wow, okay, well, let's keep it the same way. Well, maybe not. That's why things like this, I think, need to be thought about, actually considered. 
people like Detroit. A lot, a lot of people like Detroit from Detroit. Why? I don't know. I don't know. Detroit, the metro Detroit area is kind of dumpy. And all in all, it's, it's, it's kind of dumpy. Could use some, some street cleaning up. If, if every city had a, a monthly street pickup thing, like the first Sunday of, of every month, every city has a, a communal pick up the street thing. Would it, would it improve the area? How much cleaner would the streets be after a year? I don't know. I don't know. That's the kind of thing that if I had Jeff Bezos money, that is absolutely the kind of thing that I would be doing. I'd buy billboards and I'd hire people to run the events. There'd be multiple stations throughout cities. I'd say I'd, I'd have billboards and signs that say, you know, first Sunday of every month is street cleanup day. Coffee, gloves, and trash bags will be provided. It'd be like big, bright orange trash bags. And um, maybe I'd even have an app developed where it'd have some sort of real good, precise GPS location. So once you filled up a bag, you could just set it right there and you just pull out your app and you just go, you just hit a button and you just say, this is where I dropped a bag off. And then you've got some other people that drive around in trucks, pick up the trash bags, take them to the dump. And I would have this all paid, not by the city, just straight out of my, out of my own pocket out of the millions or billions of dollars that I'd have. A hundred billion dollars? I don't know how many events like that I could have around the country, around the city, but holy crap, I'd be doing that left and right all day long, every month. I'd give people jobs. It'd make the entire area cleaner, better. could organize communities and get them together doing something productive and useful and beneficial to their communities. There'd be no political agenda behind it. Just be like, look, there's no, there's no other motive here other than let's try and beautify this place, make things a little bit nicer. That's all. That, that's it. That's, that's literally it. I, just, I, don't, I don't like seeing trash on the ground. That's not where it belongs. So let's, let's pick it up. you start doing this and then people start doing that in their own time. They'd start walking around and you're like, oh, hey, I'm gonna pick up this piece of trash. You pick up one piece of trash, one piece of trash. When you're on a walk, that's one less piece of trash that's on the ground. So how much of what I feel about where I live is tied to the apartment that I live in? Mm, I don't know, small part, I guess. How much do I like or dislike the Detroit metro area? Eh. I, I don't know. It's, I, I don't really have any strong feelings. It, I'm fine with it. It's the, it's the people and the nihilism that I don't like. It's the people that will be on their lunch break that my wife has told me about sitting in their car running their AC with their windows down so that they can smoke at the same time. It's just that that right there kind of sums up what I dislike about the area. If I had to say, if I had to put to a piece of paper what things I dislike about the area, I'd go that, that kind of thing right there. 
why are you smoking? Why are you doing it in your AC running car? That's polluted. You're polluting the air doubly. Your car's doing it. You're doing it with your mouth and you're hurting yourself. Like there's zero benefit to this other than you're getting a little mental buzz, a little little mental nicotine tickle and and your your chest and legs are, are nice and cool because of the AC blowing on it. So you're comfortable for the time being, but boy, that seems like it's going to really come around and bite you in the butt and not just you but other people as well potentially. I mean, if everybody was doing that, that can't be good for the environment. Even just one car doing that, that can't be good. What about the people that are just walking by that car, breathing the exhaust? How about them? There's just, there's no good to that at all. It's, it's that lack of thought and that lack of concern that really bugs me. And I don't know how much I enjoy living in a place where that is. I don't know, I don't want to say it's the norm, but it's, it's normal enough where it's not rare. It's, it's, it's too common, much too common. Right, well, I'm gonna call it quits here. I hope this worked. It's 45 minutes and 14 seconds. All right, I love you.